Hello there, lollygaggers. Got another week on tap. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's, it's, it's an active weekend. We got the Super Bowl. We've got, you know, we just we just had truck day. So we now have, Samantha, we have uh, in less than a week now, pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training locations. I always like to refer to it as some people are going to start playing catch in some of these spring training facilities. So uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, as always, this is Lollygagging Sports. I'm Bo Reed along with Samantha Bunn and Matthew Irby. Samantha, we're going to get into that baseball stuff. Uh, we're going to finally start talking some serious baseball. I actually have like, you know, half a show on it. It's going to be fantastic. But first, we have the Super Bowl. And that, of course, is coming up on Sunday. Is it just me? Or has this two-week period been longer than, than, than normal? Like, I feel like it was forever ago that we had the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game. You know, it does feel like it, doesn't it? Like, and I don't know if it's just because, like, can you guys tell we're not that excited about the Super Bowl this time around? <laughs> like, I don't know. Lolly Gang's official positioning on the Super Bowl this year is that we don't care. Um, but, <laughs> no, you guys, we, we care. We just care less than we have at various points in the past. Um, but, yeah, it does feel like it's been really long. And I don't know if it's just because every year the Pro Bowl becomes more and more of a joke. Like, or if there just isn't enough interesting storylines coming into the Super Bowl to fill two weeks' worth of time. I don't know. But, like, yeah, it's like I kind of forgot about it. I was all, like, wound up because I'm, like, we're going away for this weekend because it's Valentine's Day. And I had, like, almost kind of sort of forgotten that the Super Bowl was on Sunday. Which part was it that got hurt? Was it Miles Garrett that got hurt in the middle of these Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl whatever the hell they're calling this on <laughs> I don't even know. That's, somebody, somebody, That's how little attention I pay to the Pro Bowl. Somebody, somebody dislocated a toe. I remember thinking, how awful for you to have hurt yourself <laughs> at this. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I think it was Miles Garrett, but I could be wrong. All right. Oh, let, no. let's, let's, let's get into the Super Bowl here, here real quick so we can you know talk about baseball, which is always fun for us. Uh, obviously, I well, not obviously, I, I want you the input of you guys on this, but it seems to me that this is going to be about the defenses. So let's start with that Eagles defense. They're going up against Mahomes and Kelsey, who seem to have gotten their groove back over the last couple of weeks. What are we expecting here, Samantha? Because the Bengals obviously made some mistakes. They, they didn't listen to our show because we told them exactly what to do and how to challenge Jalen Hurts, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts, wow. <laughs> How to challenge Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> excuse me. We're so excited about the Super Bowl, you guys. We don't even know who's on what team. Whoops. We're so excited. <laughs> anyway, but we, we did. We told them what to do. Go, go, up, go up the gut, force them on the outside. They didn't do any of that. So obviously they did some things wrong. Eagles defense now has the same opportunity. I, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake, but how, how can they contain what Mahomes and Kelsey have been doing lately? Well, okay, so I'm just going to hit the obvious stuff here. Like, number one, I don't think that anybody really believes, like he told us, that God healed Patrick Mahomes' leg unless it really wasn't actually all that injured in the first place. So, like, go after the leg. Like, make him run. Knock him off of his spot and make him go on the move. The Bengals didn't do it, which, duh, you know, like, come on. So that's one thing. And, and then the rest of it, to me, is really mostly about, like, 
look, the Eagles haven't faced a lot of good quarterbacks, right? So this is their opportunity to demonstrate that they're able to contain something like this. And it's the edges that I'm worried about. It's, it's at the edges. At the edges, I mean, you can talk about the vertical threat, but that's not really what Kansas City does, especially with the injury situation being what it is. So, yeah, I mean, you've got to be able to contain at those edges. They triple team Kelsey if you have to, because it looks like that's where he's going. Irby, how about you? How are the Eagles stacking up against Mahomes and company? I'll, I'll double down on what Samantha said. You look at what the, the Chiefs, how they've been successful, what they've done to get these, you know, win throughout the season and in the last five years. Yeah, I'm shutting down Travis Kelsey, and it, I'm not saying that, that you could shut him down, but I'm limiting him as much as possible. I am attacking as defensively, I'm attacking Travis Kelsey, and I'm keeping Travis Kelsey from being Travis Kelsey. And if if Kansas City beats me another way, so be it. You're the Super Bowl champs. But I am not going to let this guy beat me. I, I it, It's been different in years past with some of the other weapons that the Chiefs have had. But, I, no, I, what they have right now, no, I am, I, am, I am limiting Kelsey as much as possible, and that will give you the best chance to win. All right, Samantha, let's flip this over then. Let's talk about the Chiefs because while they are, you know, offensively may not be all about the vertical game, the Eagles are. And I've got some concerns about this Chiefs secondary going up against what Jalen Hurts and the Eagles have been doing offensively. What what matchups do you see here for the Chiefs defense against that particular style of offense? Yeah, I have the same concern as you. You know, there's all this talk about the Eagles defense not having faced a quarterback like Pat Mahomes of his caliber, but you can flip that around and say that the Chiefs have not, it's not that they haven't faced anyone who can do this, it's that they haven't done a good job of defending against the vertical game. And if there is a flaw in kind of like what Spags does and, and what their talent allows them to do, it's definitely the downfield stuff. Eagles, very, very good at that. I think the Chiefs are going to have a hard time because they have so many weapons that they can use in that way. I don't know that the Chiefs secondary is capable of sort of shutting down everyone that they need to shut down without basically just abandoning things up front and allowing Jalen Hurts to do what he's going to do, you know, if you if you focus too much on that. So I don't trust their secondary. So to me, it's like, you better get home. Like, you need to spy Hurts and you need to get home. Because if you don't, he's going to beat you downfield. And if you don't pay attention to him in that way, then he's just going to go and pick them up three, four, five yards at a time and march right down the field on you. So that's what I think the Chiefs need to do to keep the Eagles offense in check. Irby, how about you? How the Chiefs matching up here against what the Eagles do vertically? This one, uh, yeah, this would be very intriguing to see what happens um, with uh, how you slow down. And it's honestly, look, I... I'm with Samantha. That God, God had no interest in Patrick Mahomes' ankle. It's obviously it was not as bad. I'm not saying he's not in a lot of pain. I still think he might be the healthier of the two quarterbacks. Hertz doesn't look anywhere near 100. percent Hertz is, Ooh. for lack of a better term, that's, an, inter- that's an interesting point. Let's yeah, say, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, 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 and I may be completely wrong, but I just. Look, Philadelphia didn't get a bye week two weeks ago, okay? It wasn't that easy. You still had to get out and get the job done. The score, the game was closer 
than the score shows, but it never should have been. Josh Johnson knew, what, six plays, and, and you still couldn't pull away from a San Francisco team. So it's – I I don't know. I, I just – Kansas City, it's <laughs> – this, you almost you want to get into the track meet. And I know Philadelphia has the weapons behind that receiving core. But that receiving core, in, in an opportunity to blow a game away, kind of disappeared against the 49ers. And I think Kansas City took a good look at that and realized that, yeah, this is an offense that we can kind of keep in check for a good chunk of the game and give ourselves a lead, a two-possession lead. And then you force Jalen Hurts, who... Again, I'm I, and I'm fine going on the record saying here. I think is not as healthy as Patrick Mahomes. You forced Jalen Hurts into a uh, a fifty plus pass per game, and that's not how the Eagles want to perform. Samantha, anything you want to add here before we pick the the, the Super Bowl here? No, no, <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> All right, then let's pick this. Who's winning the Andy Reid Bowl, Samantha? Is the ghost of Christmas past, or excuse me, ghost of Super Bowl's past, or ghost of Super Bowl present? Thank you for not calling it the Kelsey Bowl. Um, I refuse I'm to do picking, that. I'm picking the Eagles, partly because I want the Eagles to win, and also because I think they want it more. Mm-hmm. And that might be what mm-hmm. this comes down to. So I'm taking the Eagles. Irby, how about you? I'm doing the same. I'm taking Philly here. I, I, I just, it's the defense. It's what's, it's the, both offensive lines are fantastic. I think Philly's defensive line is just a little bit better. Um, and I know Chris Jones is what he can do and all that. But I don't know. I, I like Philly's defense and what they can bring and what they were able to do the last two weeks of the playoffs a lot more. So I'm going to take the Eagles as well. Well, then it's a clean sweep. On lollygagging, because I'm also taking the Eagles. I I have been, in, I've, I've basically taken the Eagles since about halftime of the AFC Championship game. Like that, I had made up my mind already at that point that that's who I was going with. It didn't even matter who the Eagles were playing because I like how this football team is playing football going into the Super Bowl. I think they're going to keep keep going trucking right on through, and there's going to be a big parade in Philly. A lot of interesting behavior Sunday night in Philly that I'm looking forward to watching. On Grease those light poles. Grease <laughs> those looking, light poles. I'm looking forward to watching that on television. I really am. All right. Now we're going to get into some baseball coverage. So just a little housekeeping. Next week, we will begin our countdown, our opening day countdown. That's going to start next week. We're going to preview each division. So, you know, mark your calendars um, next week. Baseball, previewing divisions. This week, we're going to kind of put a bow on the uh, on the offseason. We're going to talk about some offseason winners, some offseason losers, most exciting team for us going into spring training. Uh, it's going to be a roundtable, so let's start with you, Samantha, here. Uh, for the offseason winner, who do you have there? Who's your winning team this offseason? Okay, well, before I tell you my winners, I will tell you that it was very, very hard for me not to pick Texas. For this, um, particularly, you know, with there's a managerial hire in there that I think is very important, but a lot of people have not paid attention to when sort of making these kinds of decisions 
And I also heard a weird but not entirely unconvincing argument that Nathan Ivaldi may have been the most critical acquisition of the offseason, which, I mean, that, that's a long shot. But I, there were some good points made. So, I, oh, wow. I, I'm I here for that. I, I wanted to give it to Texas, but I also felt like I needed to pick somebody who I thought was actually a playoff contender this year, not just somebody who made the biggest leap in the right direction. So I gave Texas the honorable mention, and I gave my win to Philly. Uh, because I think a lot of times when you are a team that gets, like, the unexpected trip to the World Series, the temptation is just to run it back. Like, well, we should have never been here with what we had, so we're, let's just run it back and do it again. And it's like, well, you know, it's pretty hard to get back to the World Series, as we've said many, many times, even if you were the expected guy, the favorite, the, the team that had the most talent and they didn't. So it's never good, I think, to kind of rest on your laurels and assume that, and it's especially not good in a situation like Phillies. But they didn't do that. They went out, they got Trey Turner, which I think is going to be huge for them, and they got him for $42 million less reportedly than what he was being offered by the Padres. Now, I mean, to be fair, if I'm Trey Turner, I also would take $42 million less to go to the Phillies instead of the Padres. But that's because I would like to win something someday in my life. So... Um, I, I think that was really important. Um, they had the big trade, of course, with the Tigers. So it's not that they made so many big, big, splashy acquisitions. Turner's obviously the, the biggest piece there, but I love what they did there. I love what they've done to kind of shore up the defense there, as well as the former runners on base. I'm pretty excited about it, and I'm giving them a great chance to, to compete in the East and get back to the postseason. All right, Irby, how about you? Who's your offseason winner? So I, uh, I, I'm going to end up talking about my honorable mention because my winner was the same. Um, but Philadelphia, I, I because of the success they had, where they were in the division and all that, I really liked what they did and, and all that. And then I'm going to just double down what you're saying to me and all that. So I'm going to go with my honorable mention here. And it's kind of the same thing of what Samantha was saying about why Texas was your honorable mention and not, not the one just because it's the – how well are they going to compete? But this is one that I don't – they're going to compete for their division. I don't see them winning this division, but it's a interesting offseason. And I'm going to call the offseason a win for the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Good this is a – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like it, this was one of those offseasons where we saw a few moves and we're all sitting there going, what are they doing? Like, do they even know what they're doing? But when you, it's a great example of body of work, a body of work here. And, and look at everything from, and I mean, sure, the, the Cody Bellingers and the Hosmers and who flipping knows how that's going to play out. But I, I, it can't be worse. Like, like they have young talent there that can step in and those guys, it can't get, I mean, that's, you're not paying that much. It doesn't hurt that bad. But you've got some great pitching coming back. You added Talion in that lineup. You know, you got Drew Smiley knocking the needle up, whichever, or moving the needle. If it's up or down, we'll never know. I guess we'll find out. And then there's the Dansby Swanson in the middle of all this. So, yeah. It's a very I'm, winnable division, too. And, and there's the other, that's a great point. That's the other thing is this, this is a division that is right for the taking. And, you know, because it is a three, it's three teams competing. It's a three-team division. And anytime there's three teams, anything can happen. So, yeah, I, W... W for the Cubs. All right. So my winner is probably going to shock the two of you. Um, 
I'm say I'm saving. I'm saving the, you know the obvious team for uh, exciting because I think they're more exciting than say offseason winners. Uh, I'm going with the Mets here. They they went yeah yeah they mm-hmm. they, they were on my list too they yeah. w- they went after De- they went after Degrom and Texas blew them out of the water. They didn't waste any time. Went right back in the starting pitcher market, filled out the rotation nicely. And even though it was clear that they were on a spending spree that would make the girls from Clueless envious, they still passed on Correa in that ankle. So it wasn't just a blind, hey, here's my credit card and just give me everything in the store. They actually did set some standards that they wouldn't cross. I think it was a fine offseason for the Mets. Oh, I agree with you. I, I have them on my list as well, and I think you're right. I think with all of this chatter about, oh, he's just buying everything in sight, it's like, not really. Like, <laughs> they were actually pretty smart about what they did, and they got out from under the Correa thing. I mean, actually, you can make an argument that the loser of this offseason is an individual who's made just Carlos Correa or John Heyman. Pick one or the other. <laughs> all involved in the same situation. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, I mean, the Mets, like, you know, locking up Nimmo, locking up Jeff McNeil, that these are really, really smart things that will keep them good for a long time. They were not that expensive. They lost the ground. They got right back in the market. Rotation is old. But, I mean, Verlander, is Verlander ever really old, you know? So, no, I, I agree with you. I think the Mets had a better offseason than they've gotten credit for from all these people who are like, well, they're just buying everything they see. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, kind of, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. All right. Hold on. They, they did. They were buying everything. But, like you said, the credit card was out there. It was just at one point the credit card company called and said, hey, are you with the orthopedics? No, we're not. Okay, cool. We're going to decline this real quick. <laughs> Suspicious charge. He tried to the German, the German Shepherd angle that was masquerading as a baseball player. Hilarious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's flip the coin. Who had a bad offseason, Smith? And who, is, who is your offseason loser? Let somebody else go first this time. Okay. So that I'm not always, you know, so that if we have the same ones. Okay. Fair enough, Irby. How about you then? What, what was your uh, who was your offseason loser? Ooh, ooh, okay. Um, I'm gonna take. You know, I'm I'm going I'm going out west here, oh, and could take mine. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's the, it might be mine too. <laughs> oh, is it the, okay? You know, it, it's that because it, it, I have two. So since it's that, I'm gonna go with the other one. Um, and then I'm going to laugh really, really hard later on if I end up guessing the wrong thing. But that's okay, because <laughs> I will stay in the same division in which I gave you my winner. And you're a loser if you don't do anything, right? Like, if you just basically hold Pat and you think that the record that you had was good enough. So I'm going to take the Brewers. Ooh. This is a loss off season for Milwaukee. You didn't have enough last year. You thought I, I I I'm sorry. You did not have enough last year. You had a lead, and you thought that was enough. We all sat here and said, "No, this is what St. Louis thrives at. They thrive at coming back from stuff like this." You didn't want to believe it, and what happened? You missed out. So here we go again. I think it's going to happen all over again with a a Milwaukee team and third place. I think Cubs catch you. This is this is bad. This is this is a Milwaukee team that I, I feel for those diehards. Um, if, if I'm in a situation, I, I, I'm trying to think if I'm a diehard fan, it's going to be incredibly painful to end up with absolutely nothing to show 
from the years of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Because right now, all they're signaling is, is, well, we can't do anything because we're going to pay those guys. And they act like it's done deals. William Adams, too. That's the other one. Well, and there you go. Yes, exactly. Like, like you've got all this stuff. It's no, I'm. It, it, it's just what what it, it, it's like. The Brewers don't even realize that they can add just a little bit. They look at this stuff and they look at what like the Mets did and the and the Rangers did that we're mentioning, and it's like, well, no, we're, of course we're never going to do that. And it's like, well, pay attention. Look at what the Cubs just did. That's the stuff that you can do, but they won't do it. So yeah, big losers in Milwaukee. To, to be fair. I'm not actually defending Milwaukee, but to be fair, how much room could they possibly have on that credit card? They never spend. So I'm not shocked here. This is like, this is like a normal offseason for me with the Brewers. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, they were on my list as well. Um, I, I didn't pick them, but I, I had them on my list. And I had them on my list for the exact same reason. They're like, okay, that's great. We understand that you have, like, basically three big pieces that you need to extend. But what are you doing to win now? Like, wasting the time where you're getting them for cheap does not – that doesn't make any sense. Like, no. I, I – uh, no, yeah, they are definitely in the running for this, for sure. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I think at this point we can start writing the Brewers down on the offseason loser list in ink. Like, we don't need a pencil for this. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> and they don't, they're not listening to the show anymore because everyone in that state hates us. So. Hey, but there you go. There's what their winners at. They're winners at being the losers. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Samantha, how about you? Who's your loser? All right, well, I'm – let's see. I had Milwaukee on my list. I didn't pick Boston because I know that's the obvious one. That's what everybody is picking. And I'm actually not sure I totally agree with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure the failure of the Mookie Betts trade, you know, before means they lost this offseason. So I, I'm not sold on the Red Sox as the answer for this, although I did consider it. And I ended up going with the San Francisco Giants because twice they acquired a top three agent but then did not actually acquire that person. They had Aaron Judge, I'm sorry, Arson Judge, and then they didn't. <laughs> and then they had Carlos Correa, and then they didn't. And I think you could argue that Judge was, that wasn't really realistic, and it didn't make that much sense, and that they're better off without Correa. But it's a little bit of a tough sell to me. This like, we're going to spend all this money and compete when you don't really have the roster to back that up. And then you're like, oh, it's okay. We're still in this because we got Mitch Hanegar. And you're like, what are you guys doing? Like, maybe you need to stay quiet for a year because I just don't think that they have the talent to compete on a level where it even made sense to be going out there and, like, bidding on Aaron Judge and bidding on Carlos Correa. Like, I just everything they did made absolutely no sense to me. It's like they were all over the place. It's we're, we're going to spend a zillion dollars and ignore all the problems that we have that could be fixed for less money. And then when they basically weren't allowed to spend all that money because, you know, Carlos had a German Shepherd leg and then Judge said, see you later, I'm going back to the Yankees. Then it was like, oh, well, we got Mitch Hanniger. What do you want from us? I guess we're not really in this year. Like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, not sure letting Brandon Bell go was a great idea either. But, yeah, so they're not – I was not impressed um, with how their offseason came out. This is going to sound incredibly harsh. I mean, it, it just is. And there's just no way to do it except I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, the Angels couldn't get rid of Artie Moreno. I mean, they yeah. Like, like, 
that is that's that's, I, that's the you know let's put a big L on the big A at this point because like you had him on the ropes and all of a sudden he's back like crabgrass on that organization. I'm giving it to the Angels. Not well. They also watched. They watched the Rangers just spend a boatload of cash everywhere. Just completely blew out. Yeah, the Angels signed some guys, but blew blew them out of the water with what the Rangers did. The Rangers have now at, at leapfrog. I would say the Angels in the West. Now they're chasing Seattle and Houston. Angels are by the time they get to the trade deadline, they're not going to know what hit them because. Their owner, who was checked out, is now checked back in, and they've got to put together a roster that's already behind three teams in that division. Like, like th- this has been a bad offseason out there for LA. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I had them on my list as well. I, I mean, first of all, just just Artie Moreno not selling is just that alone is a yeah. compelling argument to say the Angels lost the offseason. But then you also put it together that, like, so they went out and did what they always do, which is to buy a bunch of stuff that doesn't make any sense, like little uh-huh. bits and pieces of things. It's right. not even that the Rangers spent more money. It's that they were smarter about what they spent it on. Like, And they also have a reason to be doing it because look what they have coming up. Like, what do the Angels have coming up? Yeah. Like, some, someone show me the top of the Angels farm system. Like, they actually don't because I've seen it and it's not good. <laughs> so, like, and, and you're going to lose a time. So, like, whether you trade him at the deadline or whether you make a uh, sort of a gesture of an offer, he's not going to stay there. And his trade value is just going to drop the longer you sit on it. And I, I feel for them because you really can't trade a ton, right? Like, there's going to be a mutant. You you're going to have to. Like, they're just in a lose-lose position. They, they, uh, they've, got, <laughs> they've got, what, three months? They've, they've got to the trade deadline? Yes. Mm-hmm. So this Angels team, which did get off to a hot start last year and then faded quickly, they've got half the season to not only convince ownership in the front office that they need to go out and make some trades. Even I don't know what they can with that farm system, but you never know. Jerry Depoto will pick up the phone. He always does. But they got half a season. Right? They got half a season to get yeah. to, to show enough. For the front office to make the moves they need to make to actually make a run, but even then, like, like I don't know what they can do at the deadline to make this roster that has it's currently constructed a playoff team without completely they, they gutting can't. everything. You can't. You right. can't. Yeah. They don't have but, enough in their farm system to do that. Right. They so, can't. So here we are again. Well, no, hold on. There is a way to make this a playoff caliber team, not this season. And that's trade Otani and Trout, ASAP. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but you would have to get a good return on that. Do you trust Angels scouting in front office to get the proper return for that? No. No, 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 no. I don't think it'll happen. But it's, it's, uh, it's funny. You guys, we, we, you talked about the, the your, your losers just by bringing back the owners. Like, boy, wouldn't that have been awesome if, like, he announces he came back and then immediately signs Carlos Correa. If only we could have coincided those at the same time. That would have been awesome. Oh, that would have been correct. Correa in an Angels uniform, like, yeah, see, I got what you wanted. Like, yeah, it's not going to turn out the way. I, yeah, no, this is y'all, – y'all hit both of mine that I had out west, Giants and Angels. 100% agree on both of those. Yeah. Kind of kind of sad as to where both of those organizations are today. I'm only sad about one of them. Yeah, it's hard to be – Feel sorry for the angels. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel sorry. For yeah. Oh no, no, yeah. Otani, I feel bad for, but he's gonna be out of there in a year. Like, 
right? Yeah. So it's oh, just yeah. like, all right, Otani can just, he's just going to have to ride this out for you. He's going to get out of there and it's going to be fine. I, other than that, I do not feel bad for the Angels. I don't feel bad for Mike Trout either, by the way. Like, and this is nothing against Mike Trout, but Mike Trout chose to stay there knowing the situation, mm-hmm. and that's fine for him, good for him, but I don't feel bad for him. Mike, Mike's going to be fine. If our yeah. football prediction goes right, he gets himself a Super Bowl ring, and he gets to see another playoff win. So he's good. Mike's he's good. fine. He's fine. No. Nice that he got to go to a postseason game. Yeah. This wasn't Meanwhile, Atani will be pitching for the Mariners. That they're going to sign him, and then Depoto is going to trade him at the first deadline. Fearless prediction. Watch it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anyone was going, is to he going to trade him for Mike Trout? Oh, Please sign be- the Mariners and then trade him for Mike Trout. Okay, okay. Let, let, let's not pick on Shohei Otani <laughs> here, guys. Uh- <laughs> He's not right. To, no, no. Like because if it's that would be like an NBA South sign and trade if it were to happen, and there would be a no trade clause involved. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get into the exciting team. Uh, I guess I'll kick this off since you guys kicked off the other two. Uh, this is where I'm putting the Rangers, guys, um, as exciting because, yeah, spending a lot of money, you know, that can win you an offseason and this and that. But the Rangers are still they, – they, they didn't – if they had gone out and gotten that, that, left, that, that left fielder, that one more bat and a, a bona fide – Strikeout guy for the back end of the bullpen. Then I might have put them at the, at the off at the top of the offseason. I'm not saying that they didn't have a great offseason because they did. They had an absolutely fantastic offseason. You really can't ask for more. But for this club to make that jump to postseason contention, either in spring training or at the deadline, they've got to add that bat, and they're going to have to add that guy at the, at the back of the bullpen because I don't believe in Leclerc. They may, maybe they have somebody in house. Maybe the starters that were in the rotation last year coming into the into the bullpen will push some some of those early innings eaters into the back, and they'll thrive. We'll see. I don't know, but there's some question marks in the back end of that pen, and they need a bat. So excited? Yes. Is it going to be an exciting year? They, at the very least, they should be 500. Let's pump the brakes though on them actually competing for more than just second place in the AL West. Yeah, I completely agree with you on this. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's good to sort of separate the winning the offseason. The Rangers are making the leap this year from, like, this is going to be a really fun, exciting team to watch this year. And part of that excitement is that they're getting there. They're, they're moving towards being a team that can compete in the West. And I think they're going to be able to do it in another year. Guess what, guys? Jack Leiter, my rocker, they're coming. <laughs> so I think they did a good job of kind of making the preemptive moves that they need to make for that. I think they're going to be a really fun team. They're going to win a lot of baseball games. And if the stars align, maybe maybe they get into the wild card competition. I mm-hmm. still think they probably finish third behind Houston and Seattle and probably won't get enough wins for a wild card. But I think they're going to have a really, really fun exciting season to watch and one that's kind of a signal of things to come because I think next year we're going to talk about the Rangers as a serious contender. So mm-hmm. I think this is awesome. I'm super excited to watch the Rangers this year. Well, it's going to be fun. Irby, how about you? Who's your most exciting team? Well, I want to talk about my team first. That was fun. The, yes. the Rangers yeah. is more fun. This is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. also one of my most exciting, but, um, <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I want to talk about my team. No, um, 
there, yes, I. This is it's it's interesting um, how this off season has gone as a fan and trying to separate the fan from the uh, analyst type approach. When you look at some of the stuff, you're like, yes, we're going to be so good. It's like, no, there's still holes. There's still holes. There's still issues. Um, I know one where, and Bo, you addressed it, you know, what the, the back end of the bullpen, uh, left field, stuff like that. And it's one where you and I, we, we argue very, very, you know, friendly <laughs> on those things. Because I'm a, I'm a patient guy, and I'm, all, and I'm happy that they didn't go all in on those things. And you've got time. You, you have a, an opportunity to wait and see, you know, what you have here and get something via trade at the deadline or don't spend all your money this season because you can spend a little bit more next year. I mean, that's what we, we were talking a year ago right now of when they got Simeon and Seeger and Gray and everyone's like, well, why didn't they spend more money? It's like, eh, ease up. This is a 60-win team a year ago. <laughs> like, like there's the, it, it's, it's a process. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And... It's a lineup that, yes, has some holes, but as we've seen successful teams, if the guys like Bubba Thompson, Lodi Tavares, Josh Smith, if they can step up, it makes it a whole lot easier for ownership and the front office to spend money on the back end of the rotation or, dare I say, another arm, you know, a starting arm, something like that. You can spend that money a lot smarter there if you if those guys do it. So that's what that's great about what Texas has done is they have added pieces that are going to be there a while because this is not an overnight thing. And that's what was sold to Seeger and Simeon last year. And that's what's sold to DeGrom and Uvalde and Heaney this year is that this is not an overnight. We are building something. So, yeah, that's, that's the exciting stuff. You know, and I'll I put one more thing on that, and, and this is something I really should have said earlier. Um, the whole, you know, needing another bat, they might get that with Josh Young this year. They only had, they had him for what, six weeks last season because of that injury in spring training. He plays a full season. That's the big bat they need. So. Okay, but and that goes back to the last point that we were making, which is like, okay, so they know that they're not quite there yet, right? Like, this is smart. This is why we also considered them as a winner here because they knew when to stop. That's part of winning, too, is knowing when to stop. Knowing when to say, you know what, this this is not going to be the year we make our huge leap. So let's see if Josh Young can be the guy before we go out and spend money on that. Maybe we could spend that money on something else, right? Like that's yep. part of winning is sometimes it's the moves you don't make. <laughs> I'm also expecting a nice, large cup of coffee for Bubba Thompson this year too. Irby, mm-hmm. how about your most exciting team? Oh, and base is four and a half inches closer. Helps, too. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's also a lightning bolt. I don't think he needs it, but hey, I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, mine, I, I am taking a team that had a winning record last year. I, I, I do know that's, that's a little different. It was a winning record, but it's because of that was what really adds to this. And the Baltimore Orioles, Ooh. not huge players at all in the offseason, but they didn't have to be. This is a team that is building from within. I know. Crazy. Yes. Yeah. And we got to see Adley Rushman last year. This year, we're going to get to learn about Gunnar Henderson. You know, I, 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 we, we, we're seeing what <laughs> – I mean, who would have thought we're, we would see the success from Santander and Mullins? And I, I, I don't know what to say anymore because right? on paper last year, we did not – none of us had 83 wins for the Orioles. Nope. But they did the job. They got the job done. And 
they got a little bit older. They, they brought in some players like Kyle Gibson, who, again, yes, yeah, not going to be the difference maker that's going to push you to the playoffs, but it's somebody that knows how to – has been part of those teams, has been there before, and is that's the leadership you want for this young talent. So I love the youth coming out of Baltimore. Three games out of the playoffs last year, and that team that you're chasing is Tampa Bay. So yeah. Orioles, yeah, this could go – granted, because of the history and everything that we've seen – this could go terribly wrong. I don't think it will. I think this is going to keep moving forward. Um, and it, it, the last point, too, before all that is also, it doesn't hurt. Um, Smith, you can tie into this, too. It doesn't hurt when you add the hot guy. Isn't that right? It, Adam Frazier's the hottest player. Isn't that right? <laughs> oh, yeah, the hot guy. That's right. I forgot. I forgot about that because that was like, because my mom was like, we just started referring to him as the hot one. This is back when he was a pirate. Um, but yeah, they added the Hawkeye. That's fun. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, too, like the, the reason why they came out of nowhere is because they were built from within, right? Like, this is what happens when this, when it's rare now these days to have a team that actually builds from within like this, but all of a sudden the talent blossoms and you've got a rose garden where, where thorns <laughs> used to be and you don't know where it came from, but here they are and you know, he missed it, Samantha, three games out of the playoffs last year. If those young guys take that next step up, that wipes out those three games quickly. So, I could be fun. Yeah, it's, it's the Guardians model, right? Like, like look yeah. what the Guardians did last year. I mean, I think that was a little bit less out of nowhere for some of us. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people thought. But, um, and the Orioles, to be fair, do not have anything like the Guardians farm system. And I would still argue with you that I don't think that they are very effective at developing pitching uh, for the most part. However, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I'm a little bit less into them than I am in Texas because they were so not active this offseason. And they have some ownership issues, which I believe are finally cleared up now, like as of so. yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team. Um, I, I just don't know how you get past the, the fact that you're probably going to finish fourth in your division by my predictions. And then you've also got Seattle to contend with as well um, for the wild card race and maybe Texas. But, but you and I both have a, a soft spot for the Orioles. Yes, we do. And, and for Camden Yards, so we want to see that. And, and they're a fun, young, exciting team. So even if they're not great, they're headed in the right direction, and I think they're going to be fun to watch. So I agree with that one as well. Yeah, yeah. a contending O's team and a packed Camden Yards in September is good for baseball. Very, very good. So, All right, Smith, how about you? Who is your most exciting team? All right, so I... Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say Texas, too. <laughs> so, but I, I can't take that from the Texas fan. So just for the re- let the record show that I would have picked Texas um, <laughs> if um, <laughs> I was going first. And, and certainly the Orioles crossed my mind as well. But actually, this is sort of a weird pick. But, like, guys, I'm super excited to see the Diamondbacks this year. The They've D-backs. got a really, really fun group of young hitters who I think are going to make some noise, who are playing in a ballpark that is very conducive uh, to oh, yeah. a lot of offense. So do I think the Diamondbacks are going to be good? No, I'm not even sure. I think they're a 500 team, but I think they are going to be so much fun to watch, and I think they are perhaps headed in the right direction. I also think, you know, when you look at them, they're sort of inextricably linked with the Rockies, except that the Diamondbacks appear to be doing 
a very, very good job of combining, sort of building from within and trying to put together something that is, I, I guess, sort of moving smartly through the rebuild process. And when you contrast it with the Rockies, where it's like, now you have this owner, who, you know, another owner, it was bad off-season for owners, right, for owners sticking their foot in their mouth. Uh-huh. And the Rockies, you know, like, and we got this guy out there going, like, I think we can finish 500. And you're like, why are you acting so happy about that? And also, you're not going to finish 500. So, yikes. Um, and, and also, like, they don't know what they're doing. Like, they're spending on one thing. They're selling on something else. Like, the, the contrast is sort of hideous. But mostly, I just think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. I think you're a Diamondbacks fan. You're not necessarily getting something that says, hey, this is a playoff team next year. But you can go to a ball game there and be entertained. I think these are such a, such a fun group of young hitters. So I'm kind of stoked to, to check out some Diamondbacks games this year. Part of me thinks that the, uh, that the Rockies owner was hitting some dispensaries. <laughs> I feel like that guy like lives in a dispensary. <laughs> like he's like, I mean, he's it's easy to ignore him, right? Because he's not like offensive, like the Astros owner or those bozos fighting over the Orioles, and he's not as like profligate as like Artie Marino. But he's like, it, it, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's like some guy got super stoned, and then he was a seller one day because that's like how he that was the vibe. And then the next day he's a buyer because that was the vibe, you know, when he like, you know, rolled over and, and picked up the, the edible, you know, and it's, it changed his mood. Like, I don't know, man. I, the Rockies are a mess. We're going to be I mean, 500, so, man. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be 500. Like, way to sell it, dude. Way to sell it. And also, I would be shocked if you finished at 500. So, yikes. And this is, and I'm sorry, Rockies fans, because like, I, I don't want this for you guys, but like I nothing against Rockies fans, but like your owner. Oh my gosh. He's like those like you know when there's like a king who's insane and like a like group of like, you know, parliamentary people have to step in and be like, yo, this guy's nuts. He can't be allowed to run the country. We need to get like a region in here. Like that's what this guy is. Like he's probably harmless, but ultimately he is going to like run your team into the crowd. <laughs> Oh, it's good to have goals. It's good to have goals. <laughs> hey, this is one too. I well, I'll add on what y'all were saying. Um, <laughs> you know, we talked young names, and I'll, I'll stick with that with just the young names here at this Arizona team. So I won't be mentioning Madison Bumgarner, either of them. Um, it's the, the youth on this team is what you were talking about. It's great. Yeah, the the, the Walkers, the Havens, uh, and Corbin Carroll. Everybody, yeah. go ahead and go ahead That's and learn the, the name Corbin That's Carroll. Um, this could be fun to watch because he is literally in a position where he can't, I, I, it's going to be very difficult to fail because if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You're going to keep getting, you're going to keep getting, you're going to keep getting opportunities and everything this kid has done since being there, you know, 2019 first round draft pick has been success, success. He's hit the wall already twice in his minor league career and worked through it. And now is, I mean, Depends on who you want to look at. Maybe the number one prospect in all of baseball right now. He's going to get his shot up here at Arizona. They're not competing for playoffs just yet, so they're going to give him every opportunity. And the youth keeps going. I mean, you look at their last two drafts, high, high draft picks because of this the, the, the rebuild that they've been in. Jordan Lawler, the shortstop, yep. and yep. Drew Jones, whose dad was kind of good at hitting baseballs as well. Um, just, just a little bit. 
Drew's a little bit away. Um, Lawler could be next year. We might see Lawler. George Lawler. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. But but the last one I want to throw too to keep an eye on here, and this is again, this is going to be for next year. Landon Sims. Landon Sims was a a back end closer relief pitcher for Mississippi State, and in the College World Series championship they won a couple of years ago, he was. I don't want to say Mariano Rivera unhittable, but in college baseball he was unhittable that season, and. Something wrong with the arm, all that fun stuff. Basically missed all of last season, and that's the reason he fell on being a top draft pick and fell all the way to the fourth round, and because of that, Arizona grabbed him. But Sims, because of what he throws, because of what he's done, if he is healthy from that injury, that is an absolute steal, and he has closer mentality. that I, I They might have gotten their closer on the cheap. Yeah, guys, go check out the, the D-backs pipeline stuff if you have a moment, um, because everything that Irby is saying is, yeah, that's a huge piece of this. And let me throw another name at you. Not a prospect this time, but the guy who I think is going to thrive there, Cattell Marte. Ooh. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. I can see that. I don't know. You know, like like if, if we, we get into, into, into April and May and – all of a sudden, the Diamondbacks' batting average is 100 points higher than it was last year. We'll know something's up. It's possible. Great park to come up into when you're a young hitter. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't it also spoil, spoil you rotten? I feel like it spoils you rotten, too. Like, there, there's, a, there's, I mean, a, there's another side yeah. of that coin. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the Rockies. It's Larry Walker syndrome. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Irby, anything else you want to add here before we get into the time capsule? I know this that I've I've been looking forward to baseball. We've got World Baseball Classic going on and boom, you guys did this and whew, even more excited about it. So good good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Let's step into that time capsule. What do you have for us tonight, Irby? Okay, so um, as you've mentioned, I think previously, but we, we've gone back a bit. We've gone back a few years. So now let's, we're not going to go back that far. We'll keep it in this millennia. Ooh. Um, yeah, we're, you know, a, a, a Super Bowl, a round whole number um, in a game that was incredibly forgettable. Um, it was kind of fun when looking this one up, I had totally forgotten a lot of the stuff aside from the MVP, but uh, for the 2005 season, so we would be the year 2006 Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl 40, played at Ford Field in Detroit. Bill Cowers, Pittsburgh Steelers, up against Mike Holgren's Seattle Seahawks. So pre Carroll, pre Russell, all that, all that stuff back. Um, Steelers end up winning that game 21-10, to 10, so that Steelers team, very Giants-esque, uh, all road games, getting through the AFC and taking care of business. They were a kind of mediocre team most of the season and then turned it on when they had to. Mm-hmm. Um, a very young Ben Roethlisberger quarterbacking that team. His Super Bowl stats, yeah, you're going you're gonna to love this. In the Super Bowl, Ben Roethlisberger was 9 of 21 for 123 yards and two interceptions. That's very Miss Trubisky esque. That was that is uh, 
The MVP of that Super Bowl was Heinz Ward, five catches for 123 yards and a score, which makes you go, well, wait a minute. He caught a touchdown pass, but Ben didn't throw one. That's right. The touchdown pass was thrown by one Antoine Randall L. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. And they beat the uh, the Seahawks that season, led by Holgram. Quarterbacking Matt Hasselback. That's right. Matt Hasselback. Last time you heard that one. Sean Alexander in the backfield. Um, pretty good defense there in Seattle, but just kind of mediocre. You know, it's just a weird... The halftime show that year was the Rolling Stones. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl was in Detroit. I, I feel like they probably could have gotten something a little bit better music-wise. Yeah. A little, little more Detroit-like, but... Little Detroit Rock City, yeah, man. Let's yeah. Go. No, no, Whatever. you can't do better than the Rolling Stones. There is no better. And the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I, I'm not hating on the Rolling Stones. I'm just saying, like, couldn't you have done something Detroitish, something, something a little more? I don't know. Mo- I, Motown, I guess. Motown, maybe. Little, I, I yeah, don't know. Motown, yeah. So, but whatever, whatever. So, yes, that was Super Bowl Forty in the year 2006. Not, not that long ago. Anyone, anyone that wants to get on here says that's a while ago. Shut up. Uh, so. <laughs> Make you guys work. All right, so let's remember the other things. World Series 2006. What do y'all got? 2006. That was, okay, so 2005 was the White Sox, right? And then White Sox beat the Astros in 05. What was 06? Um, Uh, Cardinals. Cardinals over Tigers. Ah, okay. Cardinals over Tigers. That is correct. Cardinals over Tigers. Losing pitcher twice. Justin Verlander. Two losses. Hey, you know what? Up until this past World Series, he was not that good of a World Series pitch. No, 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 no. That was, yeah. Um, also on that Tigers team was one Kenny Rogers. Oh, um, I miss him. The gambler. Yeah. But, uh, yes, Cardinals won that series four games to one. Detroit were able to win game two, but that's it. Um, kind of mentioned just a second ago with the World Baseball Classic going on. 2006 was the first ever World Baseball Classic. Wow. Ooh. We've been dealing with that now for 17 years. You guys remember who won that? It has to be the Dominicans, right? Nope. It wasn't the Dominicans. Wasn't even in the championship game. Puerto Rico? So think back to the format. If you remember the first time, they kind of split it United on the same slate. Nope. The U.S. wasn't there either. Yeah, Venezuela. The, the championship game, which took place on March 20th, Japan defeated Cuba 10 to 6. Okay. Wow. So, first baseball classic back then. All right. NBA? Oh, yeah. I NBA 06. That was. The Heat, isn't it? Yes. Because. Pre LeBron. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think that was when the Heat beat, beat the Mavericks. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the Shaq and. Dwayne Wade and uh, what's his face team. Um, this is pre like Eric Spolstra and all that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah that was yeah. I'm going with that too. Over the Mavericks. You guys are correct. Over, over the Mavericks. And for my Dallas fans listening right now, go ahead and hit mute for the next 15 seconds. The Mavs are up two games to none. Uh, Dallas Mayor Laura Miller announced <laughs> the route. In the newspaper oh, no. of the championship route. 
And they lost for the, the trophy. <laughs> and Dwayne Wade scored over 35 points a game for the final four games, and they won four games to two. Thanks, Laura. Appreciate it. You know what finger I'm pointing. Was she the first one to do that? Because many, many people have done it since then. But was she like the the first one? Was that the inaugural like hubris parade? I think so. I think that well, was and, the first one. And, and and I'll tell you this: as 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 an individual, as my profession is working in in, in emergency management, emergency planning. The plans need to be done. They're absolutely. I, I, I don't have any issue with the fact that you need to work out the Is route and all those things. Because, but you don't announce it. <laughs> you don't. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Um, shot in the dark on the hot Stanley Cup. I can go ahead and give you a hint that it's not a one that's... Oh. No. <laughs> no idea, as usual. Oh, six. Was that one of... Was Penguins? That- was, if I, if I, I didn't I, have the answer in front of me, I wouldn't know this. <laughs> I just guessed penguins, sense. and then went penguins. No, no, no penguins. Was it? I don't have any. Was this like when the last are flyers? <laughs> was this when the last gasp of that Red Wings team before they went into rebuild? Nope. No. It was definitely not a hockey city celebrating. <laughs> no. The uh, the Carolina Hurricanes defeated the Edmonton Oilers in seven games. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. No, no, no idea on that one. Um, we talked uh, the Super Bowl. It's always how we start these things. College football, they had a pretty good game, a national championship. Ooh, is this the Vince Young game? This is the Vince Young yeah. and the Texas Longhorns, maybe the greatest. You know what? I'm not even going to drop that maybe. The greatest college football game ever played. Ooh. <laughs> yes, Longhorns defeated wow. the USC Trojans, sending their back-to-back national championships, although you could argue about one of those, they don't shoot one, but yes, the Horns winning 41-38. Uh, the fun, weird things about that, Vince Young, we all knew he was going to get the ball. USC couldn't do anything about it. And USC, right before the that play, had a fourth and one, and Lindell White couldn't get the yard. The Longhorn Matt defense. Leinert. Is this a this is Matt Leinert. Matt Leinert. Yeah. Uh, my dad would want me to mention uh, Matt Leinert and his dad's after the game making the comments that the best team doesn't always win. Fine, whatever. But the weirdest thing about it, and this would begin that trend of Pete Carroll mistakes on that final fateful offensive play that you needed. Reggie Bush, the Heisman Trophy winner, Reggie Bush was on the sideline. For the net, the one yard they needed. Not saying you had to give him the ball, but why is he not at least in? What is it with Pete Carroll? He did, he did the same thing in the Super Bowl a few years later with 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 Beast Mode. Mm-hmm. What is it with Pete Carroll in these situations? Not putting his best the ball in the hands of his best player. Really? This is dude. why no one was that surprised when he didn't <laughs> give the ball to Marshawn Lynch because we all sat there going, "Oh, we've seen this before." Because Reggie Bush wasn't even on the field. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Pete. Yeah. So, uh, other one wonderful worldly things. Uh, 2006 gave us the Winter Olympics. Uh, I won't make you guess gold medals, any of that fun stuff, but do you know where the 06 Winter Olympics were held? No. <laughs> I do not. I have no idea. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. 2006 Winter Olympics were in Torino, Italy. I never would have gotten that. Uh, I, was, I, I, mean, I, I was in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, 
was thinking, is this in Japan? I think it was Japan. It was in France. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I vaguely remember that happening. Actually, I don't remember it at all. But when you say Torino, I can say, yes, I will confirm that at some point there was a... There was a... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have no to your, to your To your credit, um, that would be difficult living in the North... North America, because the O2 Winter Olympics were in Salt Lake City, and 2010 were in Vancouver. So having back-to-back that close, definitely would forget the middleman there. Uh, World Cup was also in 2006. Mm. Um, it was held in Germany. Any clue on the winners? France, Argentina, Brazil. France did lose the goal, the, the, the final match. Oh, wait. Is this Italy? There you go. Italy. It was a good year. Okay. 2006 Boy, was a good year for yeah. Italy. Kind of was. <laughs> I knew they won one at some point. Yeah. And they beat France. For many of my first one. <laughs> so, all right. Well, <laughs> they, they won in penalty kicks 5-3 over France. So, okay. Well, I, as always, we'll let you guys choose if you want to do music or you want to do movies first. Oh, boy. I mean, music has been really bad for like two weeks in a row here, Samantha. I'm, I'm kind of thinking we get that over with. Yeah, or do we want the movies first? Because sometimes the movies give us a clue to the music. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good but point. But also the music could, yeah, because the music could give a clue to the movies. But I feel like we need more help with that. Although, I have a feeling 2006 that I will be better at music than movies. I, I will throw out for you guys. The 2006 movies is not going to help you in music. Okay, so I don't know. I think I'll be better at music for this particular point in time, so I don't know what that does for this. Um, I think we should I think do... have a pretty good grasp of the music, then the movies is going to be rough. <laughs> Bo, thoughts? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards music. Maybe we'll get some momentum. Okay. Let's get All the, right, let's there get, we go. Let's get the big mo. Okay. I'd have at it. Have at it, my friends. What do, what do, what, where do you want to start with your music? Um, okay. I want to start with Nelly Furtado. Ooh! Nelly Furtado, yes. Bouncing I, back. I know uh, this one for a fact. Um, I don't Nelly know what number it would be, but... Do you, what, what song? Promiscuous. Promiscuous. Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland. I want to throw that featuring out because in the top ten, there are five of these featuring somebody else. But yes, <laughs> Promiscuous was number three. Number three. Good job, the Nelly Furtado. Well, I, I, well done on is, that one. Okay, so is the number one song one of these artists featuring another artist? I'm just asking. It is not. No, Nelly actually was the, the highest one. That number three was the highest featuring someone. But it's not the last time it was featuring Timberland. So, oh, yeah. So that's Justin Timberlake. Sexy back. Bringing sexy back at number nine. Ooh, one of my favorite songs. I did not know it was that year. Huh. Okay. Um, okay, what's my other guess? Oh, the, the, um, what's that? that I hate this song. Um, I really super hate it. It ended up being a TV theme. Um, <laughs> Natasha Bedingfield. Um, what's it called? Unwritten. 
Terrible song. Oh, I hate that song. Boom! Natasha Benningfield, Unwritten, comes in at number six. So, guys are doing good on your three-pointers here. Three, six, and nine. Okay. All right. All right, so uh, we got got JT in there. Is Britney Spears in here anywhere? No, no no Britney. Britney. I was wondering if that was going to be the the in-the-zone year. Um, Hmm. No, Brittany. Um, okay. So isn't this when we start to get all those, like, oh, like, I don't know, like, James Blunt in, like, The Fray and, like. James Blunt is in the top ten. And all those. Oh, yes. okay. James Blunt's in the top ten? Okay. So yes. you're that what you're beautiful. Oh, I hate that guy. Boom. He's so terrible. You this are beautiful, a- beautiful. Well done. Number four. What number a, four. What a terrible. You're song. beautiful. What a shitty, sappy song that was. Yeah, that's. Wait, till you get, wait till you get to number one. Oh god. Oh, no. <laughs> I not the same, but I yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um. Um, what about Rihanna? So Rihanna does have some stuff. Uh, Super Bowl halftime show coming up. She does not break the top ten. Um, her highest uh, at nineteen SOS and Unfaithful at twenty eight. Maybe she should have featured. Okay. <laughs> what about Fallout Boy? Fallout Boy. No, I do not have any Fallout Boy in my. I might be a year late with that. Well, probably. I think it's a year late and a year early. I think this is a between year for them. Yeah, this looks like. So. What about? Oh, Kanye? Are we? Are we into Kanye? I know we're not supposed to talk about Kanye, but is no. this, is this like <laughs> Kanye? Like, no, this is an off year. This is an off year for Kanye again too. Huh. Um. You're getting in the in the right era in that in that kind of uh, rap. Might as well get them, um, might as well get them both that away. What about R. Kelly? Uh, <laughs> is it? I think he's already like persona. No, is he like, already out? Oh no, he's not because remix to ignition is like right a year after this. I think. The, yeah, but unfortunately, R or fortunately, however you want to say it, is not. Um, but we we do have a couple rappers. Um, uh, in here, you, you you have a couple uh, divas in here. Um, oh, hang on, let's focus on the rappers. Um, Nelly. Yeah, I was, I was about to say Nelly. Is he on there? So Nelly comes in at twelve. The Nelly, Paul Wall, Ali, and Jip Grills. I don't know what that is. Comes <laughs> in at. Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a Nelly um, phase. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, I like I like Nelly actually. I, I fully embrace that he is like the cheesiest person ever, but I even like his goofy song with the fake ESPN cover. It's cute. I like Nelly. There you go. Improve. Alright, so But yes, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of good rappers in here. They said a lot in the teens in there, but, but there are two that break the top ten. Fifty cent? Uh no. No, he was still doing sit ups. Uh, uh, he said no, Kanye. Um, it, it, it feels a little late for Eminem, but I'm gonna throw it out there anyway. 
Um, it is kind of. Eminem doesn't break. He gets on the top 100, but not near the top. Uh, he's at 62 with Shake That featuring Nate Dogg. Oh, um, what, what about, I think this is too early for T.I., but I'm going to guess it anyway because I'm going to be better guesses. I, not too early, right in, the, so 47, this is too early for big success, 47 with What You Know. Oh, okay, early T.I., okay. Um, uh, boy. So, oh, boy. The one of our rappers, may or may not give it away, depending on how well you know your rappers, was Jamaican. Or was is I guess he still I was about to say was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So is this one of those like reggaeton beat rappers? I guess so. I don't really. I don't remember this song. Is it like Sean Paul or someone like that? It is Sean Paul. Okay, I'm not gonna know the name of the song though. I don't think I know the name of any Sean Paul songs. Would be Temperature by Sean Paul comes in at number two. Not totally sure what that is. Going to have to listen to that. Probably I know it, but I do not know it by its title. Okay. Um, well, half credit for getting the guy. Um, yes, two. yes. Okay, thank you. Um, and then... What are we um, missing? Like, what numbers are we missing? I know we're missing You're one. missing one. Um, you've got two, three, and four. Hold on. Five, seven, eight, and ten. Okay. Ten and five. Unless you want to keep... You, you, your rapper's still in there. Um, and it's featuring someone. Uh, and your divas. You got, you got two divas in there. Divas? Like, are we talking about divas like as in, like, Celine Dion? Um, are we talking about some other so, kind of diva? I mean, yes, it's pop, but it's not Celine. They, they are not that old at this time. They're, they're still younger. Not that old. Beyonce? Beyonce is one of them. See, I this thought, song. I thought this stuff comes later because it's not like single so That's I. later. No, that's later. Um, this song is featuring Slim Thug. Who? Oh, I know Slim Thug. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know. I don't know yeah. yeah, I don't. I have no Inter- idea. Entertaining. <laughs> yeah. So this would be uh, this one. This is number ten. Uh, Beyonce featuring Slim Thug. The song is Check on It. I don't even know what that is. It's probably why I only got to 10. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, but I've got vague memories of this song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, no like, it's like in the, like the, in the nether regions of my subconscious. <laughs> it's going to be in a dream feature, featured in a dream later. Um. <laughs> so, all right, so the big one's attack. You still got another diva sitting in there, um, kind of in the same realm of the James Blunt as sits up at number one. Um, Josh Groban. <laughs> this one's a little more Canadian. Canadian. Yes. He is Canadian. And so is Nelly Furtado. Well done, Canadians. One in three. One in three. Oh, I forgot she was from Canada. I actually thought she was Australian, but I think I'm mixing her up with Natalie and Julia. And I'm trying to the other diva. I'm trying to give. I'm trying to think of a, a a hint. Too many of them definitely give away. Who she is? Uh, is this, isn't this right around the same time that Shaggy was a thing? Mm, no, a lot earlier. Is it earlier? Okay. Yeah, like if you're talking about like it wasn't me and all that. That's like way earlier. 
Okay. I did just notice so you you guys mentioned Kanye. Kanye came in at thirty four with Gold Digger. That was the highest he got featuring Jamie Foxx. So <laughs> it's a good song. Too bad we can't listen to it anymore. Um, yes. Yeah. He's canceled. Um, <laughs> um so this other diva, um, probably more known for her dancing than her singing. It's not Britney. I don't know. I don't really respect those people's dancing. It's not J Lo, is it? No. No? Okay. Shakira? There you go. The queen of Latin music. The uh, Colombian not, singer Shakira. I, I will just shut up about what I think of Shakira's dancing. <laughs> <Yes>. Don't lie. <laughs> Yeah. Comes in at number five. That is number five. So you guys are, you're you're just waiting on one, seven, and eight. One, seven, and eight. Um, seven. What is? Are we getting seven? Is, is an American? <laughs> you will. I so one will drive you a little crazy. You will know it. You probably won't like it, but you will know it. Oh, I um, like it. Seven. Seven. I don't. It's an American soul duo. Um, American soul duo? Soul duo, composed of singer-songwriter CeeLo Green and producer Danger Mouse. Gnarls Barkley. Gnarls Barkley, there you go. Crazy. And the song, Crazy. American soul duo is not a correct identification. Um... The last one, uh, or no, 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 that's number seven. Crazy came in at number seven. Number eight, your other rap song. Um, this song, the artist was <laughs> the feature in it is Crazy Bone. I can say that because I don't think that's gonna help you too much. But Crazy Bone was a member of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Um, I still don't know what the answer is. I don't know much more about what I'm. The rapper's, you gotta guess the stage name. His real name is Hakeem Timadayo Sariki. Probably doesn't help you, an American rapper. Uh-uh. No, I don't know who that is. Um, that would be, it is Jamillionaire. Uh, the song was. Is this uh, uh, Ryden? Riding, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Number eight. The last one, number one song, a pop song by a Canadian singer-songwriter. It was from his self-titled second studio album. Um, I need a hint. Uh, Canadian has not helped me. Me either. <laughs> I mean, I, I was literally about to throw out Brian Adams just because. I, um, um, <laughs> you know, when when you have Sunday football games like the 49ers did and I have, you probably text us to a friend. Say, here, just listen to this song because it's kind of how your day is gone. Oh, oh. The, the song that they used to play when they keep people off American Idol. Bad day. 
Bad day. I don't know who Daniel Poiter. Oh, bad day. Okay, <laughs> what's the, what's the guy's, what is the guy's name? Daniel Poiter? Daniel Poiter. P-O-W-T-E-R. Daniel Poiter. I never have gotten I mean, I actually did like that song. I don't know why, but I did. So, yeah, didn't didn't that one? So yeah, you guys, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Right. Um, some some others in honorable mentions: Mary J. Blige in Eleven with "Be Without You." Don't know what that uh, is. Was the yeah. <laughs> uh, we mentioned the Rihanna. This is the beginning of stuff like uh, Panic at the Disco, "Our Right Sins, Not Tragedies," oh, "All yeah. American Rejects," "Move Along," yeah. Um, yeah. "Red Hot Chili Peppers," "Danny California." Mm-hmm. Uh, Snap Your Fingers by Little John. Uh, Rascal Flatts jumps in there a little bit. No, worse. Yeah. No. Worse. Um, <laughs> I mentioned The Gold Digger. Um, that was an interesting uh, one up there. There's also Ludacris's Moneymaker. And the ones that really make you cringe, but you're glad they're low. Coming in at number 38, Photograph by Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Actually, uh, it really upsets. Hold me on, it gets that. worse. It gets worse. Really, it's a beautiful little run here. What really upsets me with that is is they named it this. It was, there, there was, the Def Leppard photograph is outstanding. One of my favorite songs, and then these schmucks come in and name their song "Photograph." <laughs> but you know what, though? But it did create one of the greatest like gifts of all time. Yes. Yes. Um, also sitting right around there uh, at number 41, I'm in love with a stripper by T Pain. Oh, and My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas oh, at 42. No, possibly the worst song ever written. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the, only, yeah. the only rendition of that I like is Will Ferrell in. Um, um, no, I'm playing Blaze of Blaze, Glory. Yeah, Blaze of Glory. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was a Blaze of Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. also. Well, he's on the treadmill. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't that also show up in The Office? Isn't that Michael's ringtone? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, um, yeah. That one. So, there you go. Well, I, but y'all did get on music. You did get on music. Some, some decent ones stayed up near the top. So, on to the movie. Okay, I know two for sure. I know I'm positive about two. One of them I think is going to be number one. Can I just say it? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Which Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean. Which yeah. one? Dead Man is Fast. Number one, $423 million. Near almost two hundred million more than anybody else yeah, I was, in the yeah. year 2000. I, I knew, yeah, I was with you on the Pirates here, Samantha. That was going to be my first go to. Um, I mean, that's, is that is that our iconic? That is our iconic line, right? For one, I got a job. Sure, I got a job. Yeah, that's that's that one. Um, <laughs> excellent, excellent film. Excellent film. Mm-hmm. I will give you two credit because Sunday's meeting, we did mention that line, and that helped me pick out 2006. <laughs> it was on the show last. We we sang this on the show last week. Yeah, we now did. sang that line yeah. on the show too. Well, it's a great <laughs> line. It's a great. Oh, yeah. You're now going to be trying to work that into the show somehow every week. Um, yeah. Okay, I have another one that I'm like I'm pretty sure about. It's the the last one of the original X Men trilogy. Last X Men Last Stand. X Men Last Stand. Well done, number three. Wow. 
X Men: The Last Stand came in at number three. Okay, now I now I'm gonna be in trouble. That that's everything I had. Guys. Right, so I see. Um, well, I'll let Bo Bo you go before I give you any hints because oh, some... wait, Departed is that this year or is Departed 2007? <gasps> Departed is. Yes. 2006. However, The Departed only reached 15. Wow. With that cast? Hmm. I, what an I'm definitely, yeah. definitely a little bit shocked, but um, when you see the way movies have gone, and you see some of these with the tops, that'll help you understand why it didn't get any higher. But yes, The Departed was 2006, but it only okay. got to 15. Okay. Okay, this might have been 2005, but Sideways... Uh, I believe that was 2005. I think that was 2005. Don't look it up, Irby. We haven't used 2005 yet. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at my top 100 of this year, and I do not see sideways. Okay, 2006. It's Pirates. It's too early for the Star Trek reboot, right? Correct. Okay. There is a reboot here. There is a reboot. Oh, no. <laughs> On Star Trek. Are there um, animated? I feel like this is like the. Isn't there like. Is there DreamWorks in here? It's like this is their. There are thing. four animated films four. in the top ten. Yeah, the mid. Now you know why The Departed didn't get up in the top ten. <laughs> mid 2000s was big for the anim- anime. Or anime. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm animated. thinking this is like. Um, like Ice Age and all that, and like cars and those. cars would be my guess. Yeah, number two, cars. Okay. <laughs> yes, uh, and number six, Ice Age: The Meltdown. All right. Okay. All right. So good, good job. Good. There's two more: uh, Warner Brothers and DreamWorks. See, each I, had there. You know what? I'm gonna. I, this is kind of embarrassing because Monsters Inc. is my favorite animated film. And I don't know when it came mm-hmm. out. <laughs> I think that's earlier. It's not, I think it's earlier. Yes, Monster Inc. would have been before this, and it, you've already got your cars in there. Mm. Pixar. Already got the Pixar. Yeah. No, this is it's, Yeah. Um, okay. I'd be very surprised if y'all got the DreamWorks one. I oh. hesitated on that one. Um, you might have known. The Warner Brothers one, although it's not known for its music. Um, like, can you tell us, like, what animals are in these? Wait, are they, they're animals, right? I mean, yes. So can you, like, give us a hint, like, tell us the animal or something? Yes. So, um, I'm going to do the one that y'all probably won't get, just because I don't, I, I would be shocked, but a, a scheming raccoon fools a mismatched family of forest creatures into helping him repay a debt of food by invading the new suburban sprawl that popped up while oh they were hibernating. I've seen this. I know what this is. I'm glad, because I don't. I, 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 I actually watched this recently, like, on accident, because it was on TV, and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Over the hedge! Over, Over the, hedge. the hedge! Well yes. done! Over the hedge! Well oh, done. God, I think I have seen that. <laughs> cute, actually. Or maybe it was just that I was desperate. It was like three in the morning. I couldn't say. Maybe it's really bad. I thought it was cute, the raccoon. 
Oh, uh, wow. Yes, Bruce, Bruce Willis was a voice in that. So was Steve Carell. Yeah, I've seen uh, Wanda Sykes, mm-hmm. William Shatner, Nick Nolte, so amongst others. But um, the other animated, uh, if I tell you the animal or animals, it will definitely give it away. Oh. Um, yeah, it's too early for Zootopia. Way too early for Zootopia. Um, no, there's just really one kind of animal in this. Just one type of animal. One animal? Um, Alright, there goes my one. What are the, whatever those movies are with the sloths at the driver's license place. It's not it. Um, <laughs> that was Zootopia. There were too many animals in it. Oh, that's Zootopia. Okay. Um, um, I'll give you I'll give you some of the voices. Okay. Uh, Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, nope. Brittany Murphy, nope. Elijah Wood, and Robin Williams. And I knew you were going to no. say Robin Williams. What the hell did he do? No idea. You're not just on the animal. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. You you want your animal? What, what did Robin Williams do? Yeah, I, we're not getting this. Or at least I'm not getting this. This movie would be about some penguins. Oh, Happy Feet. Happy Feet. Comes in at number seven. Wow. So, boom, one, two, three, six, or yeah, six, seven, and eight. So you guys are missing four, five, nine, and ten. All right, we better hustle up to. Four. We, we're running kind of long, are we not? So we better hustle up. Yeah, we're running a little, um, little long here. Four is four is your uh, your kind of a thriller, action, some action drama thriller. Uh, five is your reboot. Nine. Uh, hey, there's we, been a few of them. Was five, and ten is your comedy. Five. That'd be that'd be about when the longest yard was remade. It is not the longest yard. It's not the longest yard. Okay. This would be in the realm of... (laughs) Okay. So, number four, uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, Thriller. Oh, Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code, number four. Okay, Okay. I just watched that a few days ago. Number five? I I love that movie. Number five, comic books. Wait, this is, did you say this was also a reboot? This is a reboot. How could it be a reboot and a comic book movie in 2006? It's a Tron? No. It's not a comic book. I know, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. It's a video <laughs> game. Um, hmm. Let's see. Definitely some hope that this movie was going to catch on. It did not. <laughs> okay, so it's, we know it's not a Batman. The timing is wrong. Um, right. It's not a Superman. I don't know. How could you be rebooting something in 2006? It's like the peak of the original wave. Hey, Bill, why don't you tap movies? the brakes a little there? Is it is Superman? Superman Returns. Oh, God. Oh. Literally never seen a Superman movie. You know what? You're not missing much on that one. And, uh, DC guys. Uh, yeah, that was the uh, Brandon Roth and Kate Bosworth, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor, James Marsden, and yeah, not not great. Not, Who is Brandon Roth? I've never even heard of this person. Exactly. Exactly. That you should say. Yeah. Okay, nine and ten 
Uh, number 10 is your comedy, your inappropriate comedy that we quote all the time. Well, not us, but we collectively quote this one all the time. You already referenced another movie that he was a comedian in. Is this a Will Ferrell movie? Is that what you're trying to tell me? It is a Will Ferrell movie. Um, uh, okay. Semi pro. Um, old school. Old, old school. Uh, this might be too late for old school. I think it is. Yeah. Uh, um, so. Kicking and screaming. Too early for Blades of Glory. Too late for Step Brothers. Um, oh, is it. Uh, Talladega? Look, Mom, I'm going fast! <laughs> yeah, Talladega Nights. Okay. Talladega Nights. The Ballard of Ricky Bobby. And. All right. That is number 10. Number 9? Uh, boy, if I played the music, it wouldn't take but a few notes, and you guys would know exactly what this is. Um, Ooh, okay. Um, we're talking about, are we talking about theme music, or are we talking about a popular the theme, music. theme music? Theme music. Oh, is it a James Bond movie? Yes, it was. Oh, no, but which one? Shoot, okay. Wait, this is, so this is Daniel Craig, right? Are we into Daniel Craig yet? Or we are into Lynch? Daniel Craig. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know any of those. So, so this after, is all you. Yeah, because it's after like Die Another Day and all those. Um, oh, um, I'll I'll get it. Give me a minute. Casino Ro- Casino Royale, right? Casino Royale. Well done. Yeah. The beginning of Daniel Craig. The worst we, James Bond he, ever. Like James did, Bond cannot be oh, oh. these guys. It's terrible. And with monkey ears. No, this is not acceptable. That's not what James Bond is. Like, uh, he looks, I mean, I like Daniel Craig, but he does, he's not James Bond. He does not look right. He is way too short. Yes. What you say? That was awesome. Uh, this is the beginning of Daniel Craig. Just Daniel Craig began his, and it is now ended. And we're still waiting to see who our new one is. We still don't know who um, this one is. Why, yeah. why do you well done on your top ten, guys. Some honorable mentions in there: um, Adam Sandler comedy click at eleven, Mission Impossible three at twelve, Borat in at thirteen, uh, Night at the Museum seventeen, Failure to Launch twenty, The Santa Claus three twenty three. That we yeah. Yes. <laughs> the uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe came in at twenty four. I loved that version of this. I do not understand why everyone hated it, and they canceled. Like I don't know, weren't they supposed to make more of those or something? I thought it was so good. Yeah. No, um, they made two more, and then that's where it ended. So there are three of them. Uh, some other good ones: uh, Nacho Libre with Jack Black at twenty eight. Um, your Best Picture, Brokeback Mountain came in at 34. Wow. Uh, B for Vendetta in at 35. Uh, oh, I yeah, yeah. This was, you guys, uh, this was like peak comic book movies. Mm-hmm. This phase right here, yes. like some 2002 to like 2009, like before they got really stupid. And they well, and it was like, that. This is like the best. And, and to go on, you have 42, Underworld. Uh, 53 Aragon, yeah, kind of in that same, that same little weird realm. But one that I wanted to throw out um, that didn't do very well, only at 59, but I was a fan of the movie, The Prestige. I love that movie. 
Oh, that's yes. such a good movie. I, I'm sad that didn't do better. That is an outstanding that, yeah. You know what's weird is that that was the year they released. They were like very similar, The Prestige and The Illusionist. Yes, like I love they're the Illusionist. Not really the same topic. See, I thought The Illusionist was terrible, but I really liked The Prestige. And they came out and it was so weird. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Walt Disney Studios doing that. Came out with two movies that year. There are other, well, they more than two. They're also Fifty Two, Invincible, and Fifty Five, The Guardian. The Prestige made less money than the other two, but it was definitely. Oh, uh, it's such a good movie, though. Very underappreciated. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So yeah, well done on your movies and music, guys. Well done. Yeah, we did all right. We did better than we did last week. <laughs> you got your jar of dirt. <laughs> Maybe that's the prize now. Is that just the official lollygagging prize for doing well on one of these? A jar of dirt? Jar of dirt, yeah. I, how about we do that? If, if you guess number one, the person oh. calling just needs to say, you got your jar of dirt. Perfect. All right. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> all right. Irby, any more tidbits from 2006 you want to share? I no no I think that was great I, I that was some good sports stuff in there there's some good movies uh, I remember being a paramedic in 2006 so I'm gonna lose some sleep <laughs> I'm gonna watch the prestige <laughs> oh boy all right well nice time capsule Ruby that was fun but that is gonna do it for us we're out of here until next week. You know, watch the Puppy Bowl on Sunday. That's going to be a lot more entertaining than the Super Bowl. I'm telling you right now. Just listen, trust me on that. That's going to be a lot more entertaining. So make sure you at least see that before you watch the Super Bowl. Don't forget to like, give us a subscribe, give us a give us a follow, help us out with that algorithm so we can reach more people. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>